What's the haps, coconut heads? Welcome to our podcast, where we talk story about culture, creativity, self-care, and our quirky obsessions. Informing, empowering, and entertaining with humor. You're welcome. I'm your host, Jade Fox. And I'm G Supreme. Sit back, unwind, and join us in our conversation. Welcome to another episode of Coconut Connection. I'm your host, G. Hello, world. This is Jade. What have we been doing this week? It has been a week. Uh, For me, I have scheduled myself therapy sessions because I know I am at my close to the end of my mental sanity. So that is what I am doing. I am I have set a video appointment for myself and it's next week. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's gotten a little better, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, I definitely need that help for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going through it and, you know, like every, you know, it's, it's every week, like there's something, right? So, so yeah, that definitely um, is needed. I I went to a workshop yesterday talking about self-care and I thought it was so interesting that, you know, um, myself, I like to think of the reason why I started the podcast was like using your voice and, you know, educating yourself as well as others and informing others. And it can be very exhausting, especially with everything that's going on. And they're talking about how self-care is more than like, get, you know, uh, draw a bubble bath or get your nails done. Self-care really is essential for, for someone who um, is in the fight like to fill your cup so you can fight again or you can, um, you know, be active, you know, be an activist. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, in order to do what we need to do, we need to fill our cup up and and taking care of your mental health, you know, uh, first before you can go out there and do what you need to do. So that's good that you're doing that. Filipino American History Month Spotlight, 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 Spotlight. Um, this week's Filipino American History Spotlight, I wanted to spotlight Donna um, Bohulano Mabalone. Um, this person is so inspiring. I will put a link to her, one of her biographies, or somebody who wrote a biography of her, like a short blurb about her life. And she did so much in her short life. Um, She is the author of Little Manila is in the Heart, um, which chronicled Filipino American history in California, beginning with farm workers in Stockton. So she was born and raised in Stockton, California. And she starts from there and tells the story about um, um, how uh, Filipinos contributed to American history, but went through their struggle and it leads up to um, the, 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 the United Farmer Workers uh, strike with Cesar Chavez. She also wrote um, a, a book called Journey for Justice, and it's about um, Larry Itliong and his biography. Uh, she was a San Francisco State University professor of history She's, she's a historian. She's a 
an activist. She was a co-founder of Little Manila Foundation. Um, and to go back to Little Manila is in the heart, um, which I'm reading right now, is that um, she collected all these oral histories, which there's not really a lot of uh, artifacts uh, from from that era. And they call it little, um, in Stockton, which they call Little Manila. Um, because after they would work through the farms, they would always meet up into this, this city that they called Little Manila. Um, she collected um, newspaper articles, photographs, and also um, added her own personal story and, and how her history is tied with that. She is, um, Little Manila Foundation is, is fighting to preserve the remaining historic buildings in Stockton. And right now, I don't know if it's, uh, I was trying to look it up right now to where the status was, but it was a spot for after school classes in um, teaching the youth about Filipino history, culture, and art. She is a spoken word poet, received recognition, recognition uh, for her role in amplifying the community's history through the hip hop group Black Eyed Peas and the Bebo um, music videos. I wanted to spotlight her because she, she was uh, she was taken away way too soon. She uh, passed away August tenth, two thousand eighteen, in Hawaii. She was on vacation with her family, um, so she was my she was my age. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I, I I could just imagine if she lived longer, what she would be doing because she already did. She already had a full life. So that is our Filipino American spotlight person, Don Bahulano Mabalon. Um, check out the show's notes for more information. Filipino American History Month spotlight, 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 spotlight. So today we have a special guest. Today, um, his name is Justin Henriksen. Hello. Thank you for coming, Justin, so early in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> it's, it's a good exercise for me to wake up. <laughs> wake so, up. Yeah. Um, so um, um, I guess I'll just start. Over. How do I know Justin? So how do I know Justin? I, his mother and I have been best friends for a long time, like since we were teenagers. And um, I don't know if Justin remembers, but I used to pick him up at, at daycare for a short amount of time when he was two years old. Oh, that's so weird. Don't we just see him he's now. He's the cutest <laughs> thing. Hi. He's, oh, he's still so cute. He's still he's cute. He's still cute. But yeah, uh, yeah we love we little Justin and put him in his... Try, I, I was trying to figure out how to use that <laughs> dang car seat thing. Thank goodness for Uncle Johnny because... I don't know how I still do this. I don't know how to use any of those things. But anyway, so he's grown right now. How old are you right now? Justin? Oh jeez, man. I'm I'm 22 right now. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh. I feel yeah. ancient. I feel I ancient. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, I'm you turning just... 23. So oh, that's okay. oh, that's true. You're barely fun. legal. You're barely yeah. legal. Oh my god. So okay. So we're oh, getting a young heart. Hurts yeah. my heart. <laughs> so we're getting, I called Justin on this thing because um, he has a, obviously he has a younger perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the series, our mixed race series, and just call people and just talk about their experience about, you know, being different races. So, and, and having different cultures, being multicultural and how, what's that like? And um, wondering if we have any commonalities uh, uh 
as being multiracial as opposed to like say we always talk about being Filipino but there's some things that we have in in common because we have grown up in different cultures so we often talk about in this podcast that you know we're Filipino we're raised in a in the Hawaiian culture you know and we're American and only been in Los Angeles so there's that's like a lot that's a lot of layers and so we wanted to call Justin on here to talk about um, his experience so Justin what would you like say is your background like what do you describe it as uh in terms of ethnicity right yeah like, uh i guess the the easiest way i break it down without breaking it down i just say i'm half mexican half filipino okay we just let it be you know well tell, um, yeah well tell us about that like so your dad's side yeah, so my dad is mainly Mexican, but if we break it into like statistics, it's like 75%. Okay. And there's a 25% that's like uh European white, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but we just kind of assume we're Mexican and even so though you identify with Mexican side. Yeah, even though we do have light skin and or at least my dad has lighter skin than me, but mm-hmm. you know, that's at least that's my dad's side for breaking mm-hmm. down my dad's um like my mom on the other hand she's uh she would be filipino mm-hmm. but even and she's mostly filipino because we found out she actually has a lot of other stuff too mm-hmm. but in probably the same degree so mm-hmm. yeah so for the most part i say filipino <laughs> yeah for the most part and she's because, very light-skinned I mean, also she's also yeah mm-hmm. so um so how was it like growing up like being both of those i i think for in my case it's interesting because i do feel i'm assimilated into the culture or the american culture Mm -hmm. a little more than uh both those cultures um which is not a fun thing for me to say Mm, why do you <laughs> but, say that uh well it's interesting for, well for me it, it i mean you do feel a sense of like shame against your own culture when you especially when you realize oh i know nothing about it like i'm wearing mm. a filipino shirt mm-hmm. but that's all i can do to support <laughs> the culture because that's all i know you know mm-hmm. unfortunately i mean i do know other things but in terms of how you feel yes um because the question was how I grew up, right? Yeah. Um, well, for me, I was, I grew up in LA, obviously. I was mm-hmm. born in, you know, LA. And uh, I, on one side of the family, my dad was Mexican and my mom was Filipino. Mm-hmm. And that was, they assumed that, but even they didn't really speak the language of the culture around me. And when they split up when I was like four, mm-hmm. um, my my dad was from Texas. So whenever I would visit him, I'm not visiting his family who happens to speak more Spanish or uh, happens to know just a little bit more about the culture. And so my dad and I didn't talk about being Latino in that regard or mm. being Mexican in that regard. Um, and then with my mom, she never learned Tagalog, 
And so, and she always wanted to, but her mom didn't want to teach her. And so for her, it was like, in a way, that culture was lost to the point that I only really called or used the terms like Lola and Lolo or Kuya and Tito mm-hmm. because of my stepdad. Mm. Because in, with them, they they obviously spoke Tagalog more. Okay, interesting. And, and that's where actually I learned to be like what it meant, like this idea of Filipino wow. and where I identify with people because of my stepdad. And so that's, I think that was interesting for me because I don't, I didn't even call my own grandma Lola. Like mm-hmm. I didn't bless her either. I think mm. she was flattered when I did. But, <laughs> oh, but, uh, um, but I, you know, I was always Lola and Lolo I bless. And I'd refer to them as that in my head because I'm like, oh, that's Lola and Lola. Um, I don't know if people understand what that means when I say that. Oh, um, yeah, but, that's true. We should explain that to the audience. So um, that's the Filipino um translation for like grandma and grandpa yeah and you know what I didn't even call my grandparents that at all it was just grandma and grandpa my mom didn't but it's funny that so my niece who's my mom's grandchild she's she's Lola to um her and when we had um foster when we were fostering kids um, these kids were already grown. They're like five years old and seven years old. And so I was like, me and Johnny were just like, you don't have to call us mom and dad. Like you can call us, you know, I didn't want them to call us like by our names, but maybe you could say miss or mister. I just weird because I didn't want them to call us, you know, by our last name either. That was weird. So, but then they, they ended up wanting to call us mommy and daddy, like after a couple of weeks, it was just easier for them, you know, being at school. But like with my mom, I was like, mom, like, what do you want to be called? And she's like, whatever. I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, so I thought, you know what? They probably have like somebody that they call grandma already. So I was like, I'm going to say to call you Lola. And so, so they would call her Lola. So it was kind of cute because they're like, Lola, you know? And um, so then I was talking, I was uh, talking about my mom in the car and they were like, wait a minute that's your mom <laughs> I was like uh, yeah that's my mom you see me call her mom he's like so that's our grandma and I said yeah and so they're like oh they thought Lola was her name Lola oh, funny <laughs> like oh, her name funny. was Lola <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, so you talked about assimilating because and that's very I think that's why we started this podcast too, like of just like figuring out like because at the end of the day, who you are is who you identify with and you say who you are. Um, but we uh, I always want to go down to the source, like why do I feel the way and the things that you say, why do I feel the same way? Those those thoughts or those feelings about my culture when when people on the outside look at me like you are Asian, you are Filipino, you are this, and then, but then you don't speak the language, you don't, you, you don't, don't look do the these, part, you, you don't, don't do certain part. things, mm-hmm. you're not, so you're like, you're not this, but you're not that, and so I think it's interesting when you, how you say um, the assimilation part, because I think all of us go through it somehow, somewhere, um, I, is there any, I want us to talk about, is there anything that's, positive about being like multiracial like is there any perks that you that you've seen like because to tell you the truth can I be honest sure (laughs) what 
like looking at you, like if I didn't know who you were, I wouldn't think you were Filipino. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like there, except for the Filipino shirt, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he wearing that? Yeah. <laughs> he must have a Filipino girlfriend. That's right. His girlfriend must be Filipino. Yeah. Like, or, you know, whatever. But, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I like, if I don't, if I didn't identify with, you know, being a Filipino or, you know, Pacific Islander, um, like the outside world would still see me as that, but it's kind of, it's not true for you. So I'm just one, I'm just really curious of like, is there any perks to being where it's like, you're not, you can't, people don't really know like what kind of culture you are, or what, what ethnicity you are. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's interesting. So it's like, are there any perks to meet to people not knowing? Yeah, or just kind of like you're, what they would say passing. You pass for a lot of different races. I I can't, I'd like to think it helped with acting. I haven't pursued that side of it yet. Or like, you know, on-screen acting or 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 whatever acting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because uh, you're an actor slash entertainer. I I don't do it professionally, uh, if that makes sense. So for me, it's like, uh, if I were to attempt it professionally, I'm sure it would help because I could be casted for either, you know, white person, Mexican person, or Latino yeah. person, since I yeah. am that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could even go as far as Filipino if I am, since I am that, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. if they're yeah. calling for that. Sometimes it's a look that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what my father has told me throughout the years. And so, um and I, I do think like I have different looks as well, even when I, on top of that. So I could see all those things helping uh, in maybe being some sort of character actor yeah. or uh, something like that. So I could like, see that. So professionally. That, yeah, professionally that, okay. it could help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the good segue, because I wanted to talk about what you're doing now, which is you mentioned that you started teaching middle schoolers. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, that was interesting because I feel like, well, for one, I'm not sure if I still have my job right now, mm-hmm. but in terms of the work that I did spend doing that, it, it was a testament to my, um, to my beliefs mm-hmm. and to, uh, my yes my patience for sure um it really it opened my eyes a little bit to how people are to some degree and especially the the group of students I was dealing with or working with mm-hmm. where the people I was working with um they didn't really know what theater was mm. and it's a different thing explaining that to someone who knows it than to someone who doesn't and I think that's the, and for me, like, I didn't know that coming into the job, which yeah. I feel like might've helped. <laughs> um, yeah. Or at least maybe I did know that and I just didn't bother uh, paying attention to that. And so well, I made a lot of mistakes. Well, going- like the theater, the theater, the opera, ballet, that's considered really like privileged stuff that 
Yeah. At least the 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 community that I serve, it's something that they probably don't experience a lot. So yeah, it's it's definitely when you teach like those remembering like everybody has a different like background and that they might not automatically know what you're talking about, you know. Yeah. So that's that's good that you notice that. I and I think like if I were to give it a a second try probably have a better grasp of it now which is usually how I feel when I approach something that I feel like I'm doing terrible at even though I might not be yeah uh, where like how can I make it better or yeah improve? and the way I see it you know it's right. like um and yeah I mean there's a lot of like it's funny because a lot of my experience with like even before that I was running the president I was the president of my improv club at, at uh you know college right yes. uh pcc mm-hmm. so but we that was a lot of work <laughs> and the first time i did it i felt like i was not doing a good job <laughs> so when it came down to the second time i did it i felt better about it and then when i went oh you know what? i could spend another year on this and it's mm-hmm. like uh but according to the bylaws you can't you know you have to work a certain way i'm like oh, okay that's mm-hmm. fine then i'll let you you be president then i'll be this dude mm-hmm. um and while that happened, I got the job to teach. So then all the improv experience and all that work that I spent, you know, managing shows and all these things ended up applying to this job as well. Mm-hmm. Even to the point that when we were going online, um, when you think about it, you, we are learning things that uh, will apply somewhere else. And if we yes. learn from it, as long even if they're a failure, I think it'll be... It'll That's pay right. off. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's true. Everything we've learned up to this point is all can be a- applicable. And um, and you're still you're still learning and growing. That's great because that's only gonna elevate. Do you like teaching? I I like certain parts of it, mm-hmm. but the thing that I realize I like more is creating. Yes. Um, more so than that. And I think that'll change as I get older. Uh, like I'm aware that I, that could change. Yeah, um, you're still young. Of, yeah, but, but that's also, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I want to talk about um where your art is, and um, I know where your art is kind of sort of because we talked about it a little bit before, but um, you were you work you're you're kind of interested in musicals. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, Tell me. (laughs) Well, I can tell you how I got into it. Okay. Um, Go ahead. So I I like, I didn't watch a lot of South Park, but I did watch some Family Guy. And I guess that mean spirited humor, I I take to that dark mean spirited humor, (laughs) which, you know, maybe it's a. It's hilarious. It's It's very funny. I enjoy it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then they do have musical parts in there. But what do you call it? Yeah, so Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators, I guess they had a history of working with musicals before. Mm-hmm. Even in their own mm-hmm. shows, they would have songs. And I remember, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, and so they ended up working on Book of Mormon with Robert Lopez, okay. who was, um, who's the writer of uh, Avenue Q. Yes. Uh, he, he and his wife did the Frozen soundtrack and even the uh coco right mm-hmm. so like i love all of that mormon i that's that got me into musical 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because it, it's dark. It's funny. And when my dad was explaining to me, because he watched, he's like, oh, you got to hear this. And he's trying to listen to <laughs> I'm going, all right, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting it. And he's explaining it. And then I'm laughing. And then finally, you know, maybe a year passes and they get to see it live. And it's just like, oh, my mm. God. I'm like, wow. my whole face is just like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know and i'm like yeah, this is great you know i'm like yeah. loving it and and for me now it's like okay even watching hamilton on disney plus for me i was like all right here's a puerto rican dude making his musical you know mm-hmm. i mean obviously we talked about how uh in the heights of my school <laughs> and i loved it yes loved the heights it. <laughs> loved it. so it you know coming cool. from coming from that to Hamilton for me uh kind of taught me you know what if he can do it and it's a beautiful musical my you know I can do it as well and yes and I and I would record constantly just me singing to my phone you know you know online just silly things that's so exciting and then my dad would be laughing oh it's funny (laughs) and then uh eventually it just like kind of grew and then this idea came about and then it's like oh you know and I feel like if I focus on that idea, at least with the first draft, which I'm getting there, it's like, I, it'll see its way through and mm-hmm. whether people like it or not or whatever, but I think I enjoy it. What are and some, what are some challenges? Like, is there anything opposite? Like, other than what you said, like you said, well, I'm, you kind of said it in the middle where you're like, I'm not this or that. What kind of challenges do you think is like, because I'm like more than one, there's perks, but there's also things that are like you mentioned, the sh- you said shame. shame. Or, yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, for me, the, the challenge is that I still have to learn a, about these cultures. And I, you know, I wasn't Im- embedded in them as much as I could have been. Not because I, you know, bad Justin, you know, nothing like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and you're a kid, you're not thinking those things. And you just kind of live wherever you live. And however you're brought up or whatever you're into, that's what it is. So right. now it's like, okay, now I'm older. I know these things about that. Okay, mm-hmm. how do I, how do I as myself do research on these things uh, and be interested? And for me, it's like, it's I think part of the the sucky part too is like this idea of understanding what your culture is for me is not as strong of a a motivation in my life compared Mm -hmm. to like oh I need to practice the piano which for me is like whoa like you think about that like Mm -hmm. you know like that's more important for me right now that makes sense it totally makes sense Mm -hmm. but like for me just this idea of like wow that's to me that that is assimilation though you Mm -hmm. know Um, I think it's a process it depends where you're at and if you're ready for it and I think it's there for you yeah absolutely I mean I didn't start really thinking about these I think all of these thoughts that I had was embedded in me like growing up however because it was a confusion a little bit why I felt like I didn't fit in with like you know, the click. Right. And so, um, that I'm talking about high school, like the click at yeah. in high school and Hawaii felt, never felt like I be, like belonged there. Um, but I think when I was in, in, um, college, I started thinking like, okay, I started questioning like, Oh, what's my history? Because I was taking all these ethnic studies, uh, 
uh, classes where, where it was just fascinating, but I felt like we, I was left out. Like, what about me? Like, do I have any contributions to like America or what are, what is my people like good at? Like, we're not in any of these books, you know? So I think it comes with time for sure. And the, the cool thing is that at least you're aware of it. Like some people are not aware of that. True. I, I do try to stay aware of it. And I feel like um, as much as my dad didn't have the culture or, or what we assume the culture is in mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. um, we did have, uh, he did, he did always try to imbue, like even because he's a writer, so yeah. he would always try to imbue things related to, if not being Mexican, being a Latino American, um, because he is one, yeah. and like he is assimilated as well. Hence, mm-hmm. I am. In, well, in, you wouldn't know Henriksen, you know, you know what? Hey, I mean? Well, exactly. And uh, with your dad, it's a trip though. But when he talks, you you know he has. Uh, he has that flavor in him because he'll like he'll switch it up with Spanish, with, with Spanish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, he relates and he, to people in that way too. So that's well, kind of cool. And even he says it's like, yeah, my Spanish isn't the best, you know. And I'm like, that's how I feel too, you know. <laughs> but like, but for him, it's like he learned growing up Spanglish. Yes. Much. Like he learned mm-hmm. Spanish, mainly Spanish, but like it was broken Spanish. Yeah. You know? Like it conversational, like casual yeah, he can get away with that but even he'll be talking to someone who's like talking fast and like what word is that you know in his yeah. mind or he'll say it you know what word is that mm-hmm. um but like yeah I, he but he was always and i think the reason he started thinking about it i it was interesting because like this whole pandemic has been interesting for mm-hmm. me uh because obviously we get to talk about these things not well we get to talk about these things in general but mm-hmm. like I remember this one time we were talking and it was like, oh, um, I was wondering like when, you know, this idea of being Latino in your work, like when did that come about? And even for him, Good it didn't really, it didn't really come about till he was older, which is, was interesting. Kind of what we're, you know, we're talking about yeah. this process. Yes. And for him, it was almost like it was like forced on him to some degree, which ah. I'll, I'll explain though. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, yeah, because for him, it's like, uh, I mean, he talks about how when he moved here mm-hmm. to from Texas, he was 19. So he moved from Texas to L.A. on his own. I mean, well, with a friend. Wow. Um, but then the friend left afterwards. Oh, so <laughs> on his own at that point. Nice and, friend. No, no, he's cool. But I haven't met him, but like, or I think I have. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he ended up going back. And uh, but my dad, he this was his dream. He wanted to stay here, make films, make movies. Mm-hmm. And so uh he would talk about how like even when he was attempting like stand-up comedy for instance like it, well he did improv he didn't really think about the culture that much. maybe one character he did was like oh this is clearly latino like for him mm-hmm. but then everything he did it, he didn't really have stand-up that was like oh related to his culture you know mm-hmm. um and but he was always reminded of it because when he would try to do stand-up like at the improv because that's where he used to work mm-hmm. for him he felt like the opportunities he got he or the opportunities other people were getting who worked there who were white mm-hmm. like they got to go up on stage and do stuff but because he was the bus boy and oh. he spoke Spanish it didn't you know 
or people not thinking he knew how to type, you know? Like, oh, oh this one time he said, the guy didn't know, I, I don't know how to do this. Oh, I can do it. And like, the guy was surprised by his, like, wow. not really? Yeah, yeah, because you're the busboy, you know? I, yeah. I might be confusing that story, but like, <laughs> but those things are like- misconception, right? Yeah, and I feel like I haven't gone through them as much yet. Sometimes I feel like I have, but at least whatever that is. And then later on when he was working with friends, doing stuff, uh, they'd be like, oh yeah, you're Latino, you try this. You go, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, and then like even he forgot that he was Latino. <laughs> so he's doing these characters now because he's Latino and then, yeah. and then, and then from there, I guess, I don't know that process from there, but then I guess he started to implement more of that stuff in his uh, work, which I thought was interesting. So. your dad saw it as an asset eventually in his art to kind of acknowledge that part yeah um i i do i do forget that transition i don't think he ever like disliked his culture yeah though. so maybe that helped in some degree and and for me i know that he does that and one thing I find that's interesting is the idea that in my works, at least what I like to include is diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, at least even in just the ideas that I come up with. And, and I say my works as if like I have like all these published books or whatever, but like I, 22. A, I don't, you know, but like in the but things when you, do, when you think about your art and you processing your art and doing art, yeah, do you think about that? Do you think about that in the back of your mind? I do. Well, I do think about, I think about the culture, but even before that, I did funny thing, just think about this idea of diversity. So like mm-hmm. my characters wouldn't be just white, you know, mm-hmm. um, they'd be different races or I'd allow it or I'd make mm-hmm. it open mm-hmm. uh, consciously though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that too is because of growing up in LA. Because mm-hmm. One thing that I'm told is that when you go elsewhere, in places that aren't cities they're not very diverse which is very interesting yeah it is interesting like uh i remember uh uncle johnny and i went to go uh visit my brother in ohio and um again we've only just kind of been like on the west coast mostly la and it's you that was the first time i realized that i was a minority like like literally felt like it because not the only the fact that, you know, we were only the, like the brown people there, but like this, the people would look at us like, what are you? You know, like, I mean, you wouldn't yeah. say it because they're pretty polite, like yeah. that Midwestern like niceness. But it just, you really felt like when you watched in the room, you're like, whoa, they're not like, whoa, like, but like here in L.A., people, we expect that people are, are diverse. We 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 are fortunate enough to have that. And it's like, but probably 80 percent of the country you will feel that uh, someone did say that it's true like i thank god i've never had to deal with that but i've heard that in middle states or wherever you go towards that way it's different you know you you feel different so i guess we take we take for granted how it is in la the diversity and yeah that it is yeah i think yeah because for me it's like um yeah because i would have I would have assumed that it's always like I'm like I was confused by the idea that people weren't able to think about diversity you know Mm -hmm. like why why but then 
when I think about it, like in the broad terms, when I learn about these things, I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's it's not diverse. Like, so my even my dad's work isn't necessarily diverse. It's you know, mm. it's his culture. But like, but for me, I'm, I have a tendency. Oh, you know, I want to include a black person. I want to include mm-hmm. you know an Asian person. You know, I want to include all these other people. You know, mm. all these different cultures together. You know, um, which I guess is a byproduct of me living in LA. Yeah, more than anything. Like, you yeah. know, what I mean, like my dad didn't teach me that but and also a byproduct of me being multi uh ethnic yes so, um yeah i i do have a question i just mm-hmm. think it's an interesting question yeah. um do, do you consider yourself as since you're filipinos do you consider yourselves as asians or pacific islanders i say uh, asian yeah. for me yeah. um because Pacific Islander, when I think of Pacific Islander, I think of someone from Hawaii and maybe that's just in my mind, the way I've raised. Uh, so because I don't, I'm not Hawaiian, like by blood, I don't consider myself Pacific Islander. So I am more, I consider myself more Asian, like Filipino. I consider myself all of it because I really believe like it's whatever you identify yourself as. So I need, I have the power to name myself, not you or anybody else. So I say uh, Filipino American, I say Pacific Islander, um, I say uh, Asian. Nowadays, it's like whatever you call yourself, right? Like now yeah. it's like non binary and I'm fluid, I'm LGBTQ question mark. You know, it's like yeah. I think there's power in that where you get to name yourself and whatever you feel. I like the way that you said multi ethnic because I don't think a lot of people use say multi ethnic. It's like I'm. I'm biracial. I'm multiracial. I'm that's just, but it's whatever you name yourself. But that's a good question because people will identify differently. Um, When you, when you choose surveys, they'll often have Asian Pacific Islander, and then they'll have Filipino. And it makes me think that we're not in, we aren't any of those people. That's That's another thing. They do separate Filipino out of Asians. And I know some Asians don't consider Filipinos True Asians, they call them like brown Asians. I've heard of that too. Brown Asians. So we're not even part of the Asian races, like we're the browner ones. Like, so it's it's very interesting. That's I I find this topic very interesting that we're having this conversation. And I have a question that maybe you guys can answer for me because me and my daughter had a discussion about this. So when we talked about mixed race, we're talking about mixed race. So I said, okay, well, I'm mixed race because I'm Filipino, Spanish, Chinese. She's like, mom, mixed race means you have half of one thing and half of another. You can, Asians all combine together. Like Filipino, Spanish, Chinese, they colonized you guys. It's all right. mixed. She's like, mixed race is like my children because they're half Mexican, half mm-hmm. Filipino. Right. And it, so is that what mixed race, I, I was totally unaware of. So mixed, you have to be like half, half of something not like how we are where we're mixed with Filipinos. Yeah, because Filipinos uh, Filipinos are all already a mixed race. Like Okay. You're okay. everybody everybody has Chinese either either Chinese, um Spanish, Spanish mm-hmm. and what they call Indio, right? Okay. So like the indigenous and it's all mixed and and some Malaysian is in there too. And so it's very common that that's why they all have Spanish names. Okay. We all have spent well, I and I have a really indigenous name, but um, so she's right in the sense that Filipino in itself is um, 
is already part of all that culture mixed in. And that's probably why, say, a Chinese person wouldn't consider, maybe, maybe some Chinese people wouldn't consider like Filipinos as like a pure Asian race. Okay, okay. So she gets to be right again. <laughs> she gets to, she great. Don't shh, don't listen. Don't well, listen. I don't, but I don't think that it has to be half of this and half of that. Okay. Um, it could be like, what if you're um, my husband? He's uh, he's black. He's Mexican, and on his mom's Mexican side, they have um, Native American Indian. So um, so he, he's more than half of this and half of that. Like like with you Justin yeah, too yeah. I think it's just more like with Filipinos it's just very okay. different because we're already a mixed race and without going into it very much is that some Filipinos from the Philippines don't even consider themselves Filipino that wow. is that is what the Spanish called themselves because they were born and raised in the Philippines so they wow. called themselves Filipino so that that's another that's another wow. deeper subject. Yeah, no, thank you for telling that to me because I. So it's know, like as if yeah. like somebody like from Mexico came, and then the their offspring w- was born and raised, and then they would be called American. So, a lot of the Filipinos that were indigenous to to the Philippines, which means King Philip's little people, um, which they you know some indigenous reject that too because you're named after some european um colonizer uh that it's it's a it's a very interesting word who really names themselves filipinos and then you know uh filipinos from the philippines wouldn't consider us they feel they would consider us americans because we're from america so at the end of the day it's whatever you identify with and i do now identify with um all of the all of that um I wanted to ask a question about, is there a time that you maybe didn't feel accepted or included? Or also another question would be, is there a group that accepted you or you felt more accepted by? Like thinking of your school years. I think when I'm in crowds uh, with people of different races, I, I think the people I feel most comfortable being around where there's just like just a bunch of a certain race is Filipino um, just because I grew up around it like mm. just for that alone Interesting. Uh, yeah it's weird like to the point like I remember one time I was on the bus like it was like five years ago or something like four mm. something like that but like I was there going to school and then I just hear people talking I'm like to go you know like that's you know i don't know what the i I can't understand it but i'm like oh i know what that is oh you know like that and i so i do feel that sense of like and again and i do thank my stepdad's family for Mm -hmm. that as well because i i got to see that a little bit more even if it wasn't the the full yes (laughs) experience but like hey you know uh a lot of those things like were preserved the words you know even just talking tagalog yeah, like see, like my stepdad, he's he he can't speak it necessarily, but mm-hmm. he can understand, understand it, it. Mm-hmm. and that's something still. Yes. So that's why that I know it, it's still part of the culture, you know. And I think when we and they'll also have these big parties a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And with those big parties, it's mostly Filipinos. So 
uh, I did feel most accepted in that group, even though I might not look the part, you know, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, just because I grew up around it. Well, a lot of Filipinos and Mexicans have a lot in common, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of our cultures kind of, because we're colonized by the same, you know, European country, that we have right. a lot of things in common. So that's cool. Um, in school, did you feel that way too? Like the, the group that you hung out with in school was uh, it Filipino? Not really, no. Actually, the the I didn't really hang out with people. I mean, I would go to a place to hang out at lunch. You know, I mean, that's what I would do. Oh, you're you're that guy. You're like yeah, the loner was, sitting was with your composition book. Like, yeah, no, I'm seriously. So- yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. kidding. No, no. I mean, like to some degree, I, I didn't. Uh, actually, you're I didn't, like the you're the mystery guy, huh? A little bit, but also <laughs> that's what I would like to think of myself as not the creepy dude sitting <laughs> by himself. But yeah, right. No, but uh, I, you know, I I was one of those people. At least at least I felt. Um, I think I was. I was one of those people that just people knew. You know, I don't think people thought bad things. Maybe mm-hmm. if they had a bad experience with me, but I, I don't That's think right. I had a lot of those. Um, so uh, I was just that dude. Like, oh, it's Justin. You know, what's up, dude? Hey, you know, that, okay. that's pretty much the relationship a lot of people have with me. Just like cool okay. acquaintance. But I think it's is it's different when you went to college, though, right? Oh, uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I feel I was, like when I, I was okay. still alone. I mean, <laughs> Wait, I'm still alone. Okay. maybe that was your actor side because, you know, me and yeah, Johnny get a kick of like watching your performances because we're like, who is that person? You're like, yeah, you're, you definitely have that actor <laughs> thing going on. And um, but you have to interact with all these people. So I like it, comes, it to the. It it's the sign. As, it's the sign, girl. Yeah. I know, because my daughter's the same. They're very, yeah, yeah. very oh. mysterious to themselves. You know, they don't. No, get- but you have to see him act like and do um, improv. Like this is like not even like the Scorpio that you think it is. Like yeah. it's very. Look, they can make great actors. They're, they're I think because they can project a person, or they can project a, a personality or something that they maybe want to be, or they can come out of their shell in the acting. But then that's acting right because that's not really them as people so you don't really get to know who they are it personally but you get to see them uh, like be somebody else what do you think about that you know what i was gonna say like i i joke about that all the time actually because like someone says like you know oh yeah scorpios they make really good actors i don't tell them i'm a scorpio i just <laughs> assume like oh you're a scorpio aren't you, you know? yeah i am yeah. um last august so i guess yeah, would be last August. Yeah, la- since last year, I, I started teaching middle schoolers and oh, uh, theater, right? So, but for me, it was, it was a, it's a real exercise. Like it's it's <laughs> tough. But I understand like the the um the uh, uh the pain, the the understanding it takes, the patience, all that stuff. And but I, at the end of the day, if there were days where I was feeling really bad, I'd be like, you know. You know, like yelling in my car that that same way, and I'm going, yes, that's totally. I don't remember. Um, I don't. I didn't finish the movie, but I, that's my favorite part, just because mm-hmm. I identify with it as yeah. a Scorpio, I yeah. guess, or just as a person. Um, so that's funny you say it's like we can be someone else and you don't really see them, but I feel like in some degrees, I'm like he's pulling from himself, man. That mm-hmm. is, uh, <laughs> 
I I want to talk about your your dad's podcast. Um, oh yeah. You, I'll I'll tell you what I think of then. But before that, I want you to just kind of describe to the audience like what oh, this podcast is. What's the name? Where can you find it? And what's it about? Okay. Uh, I'll start with. So I'm not the best PR person for this, but I'll just start <laughs> with. Uh, sorry, Dad. So, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they're expecting me to do this. So <laughs> maybe appreciate this, maybe. But it's so That's good. Okay. It's so you good. Do, you could so, do it for our oh, ten uh, listeners. You know. I got this. I got this. Right, so <laughs> it's it's called Car Serum, the series, uh, or or that would be the the website name for it, mm-hmm. uh, Car Serum, the series. But it's called Car Serum. Uh, carcerum spelled c-a-r-c-e-r-e-m carcerum uh, and it's uh it's a fantasy series so mm-hmm. it takes place in this fantastical world and uh, i was lucky enough to be part of the writing process for that oh, uh, wow. yeah as as the assistant writer at the time that is so exciting it was very exciting and seeing it uh come out now and seeing the whole process and the meetings the countless meetings i mean we're talking like a two-year like I would think so. endeavor uh, I would think so and so you, you could tell this it's very uh, well produced. it's very high production yeah. like it's it, it, yeah keep going I don't want to we'll talk about it oh this is good this is all good for the PR yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no it's it's uh what's the synopsis of like or the premise of uh, I don't know how I would explain that without without giving it away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll do it because I don't know anything about yeah, it other better. than Go other than the three episodes. Okay. That, so it's about two uh, friends that are are there's some kind of there's like two groups like a bad guys and like you know these two people that are trying to find whose chosen one is, mm. and so there's a lot of action. The writing is really good, and I felt like it's up my alley because I like fantasy stuff and yeah. like i like kind of that mystery of like magic you know i don't know if it's about magic but i felt like it was in the realm of like oh yeah and so for like me i love i'm i'm a, an avid reader so i loved it because it reminded me of back in the days when people would sit around their radios mm-hmm. and listen mm-hmm. to broadcast stories and you, it forces me to go into my imagination and imagine this world because it's not spelled out for you, but that's, what's exciting about it. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. It's, you really feel the action. Like you want to, I want to know what's going on. You know um, it's, it's just so in, engrossing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I had to stop work. I was listening to it. I was listening to it while I was working <laughs> and I, was, I had to stop. Cause I was like, okay, what's happening. You know? yeah. I did but the same. So well written. I did the same thing, Jade. Cause I was like, I was like, I'm going to listen to this podcast while I do other things, like my planner. (laughs) And I like stop and I'm like listening, like, wait, what just happened right now? Yeah. Like, did someone just die? You know what I mean? You got to watch it for yourself, guys. You got to watch it for yourself. Yeah. And if there's anyone to thank for that, it is, it is the, the two big heads behind it which is i'm gonna say their names to so the people yes. that's the, the shane sulk and uh bill holmes william holmes um oh, who uh yeah they are family friends as of right now they've they've been Aww. friends um at least william holmes is and, and young shane sulk came uh Aww. a little <laughs> later um but they're they're good people and shane is the one who 
is a big proponent of those audio drama series. Okay. And that's where this idea comes about from him and the hard work, uh, the directing that uh, Bill had to do as well. And all those writing writers meetings that I sat through. Kudos to, to those guys. Yes. yes. Check it out. Check it Definitely. out. Definitely. Like, I can't wait to hear how it progresses, like what happens like right now, but it's awesome. What do you think of our series, Mixed Race, and our conversation with Justin? Share your own stories with us. Share this podcast with people that might like our show. We'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment on our social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for The Coconut Connection. Our handles are in the show's notes. Or you can email us at coconutconnection, the number two, at gmail.com. I would like to take this moment to say thank you to Justin Henriksen for coming and talking to us and being so open and honest with your um, responses. Thank you. And I'm excited. I'm excited for all your um, your endeavors. (laughs) I wish I could do. I mean, I, I can't do that stuff. So I find it exciting when when people like you or other creatives are able to create something like so amazing like the talent and and the imagination that goes into it really is yeah. awesome no it's, it's very fun <laughs> the process yes, right the fun. process is fun yeah for sure and she's downplaying she's we're all artists here <laughs> <laughs> well this she, podcast she ra- i know <laughs> hello like, okay you're that's you all g that's all g <laughs> <laughs> we started our episode our, our first episode and we're writers and it was like oh yeah at the end I'm of episode one I was like I'm, I'm not a writer I realized I'm not <laughs> I'm a talker <laughs> I mean if you're if you're doing it right if you're doing it at least look every day once a week it yes. doesn't matter if you're doing it you're doing it you're a writer so yes. I like that I like that I'm gonna I'm gonna record you I'm gonna play that back when I'm feeling at my downest in my lowest point <laughs> Jay's like I have not done enough obviously because this boy <laughs> is doing a lot he is at, at <laughs> 22 pandemic, at 22 my god you know we're that's that's just so inspiring you know it's like I'm so happy to see yeah you doing that and we're embracing proud that. Of, yes. yeah we're proud of you Justin you see how long how far well, you've gone and well, you're gonna go keep yes. on going i'll flatter you guys some more though because i feel like <laughs> your, your podcast is helpful for me too because okay. i get to hear another filipino side and I, oh, another project i'm oh. working on has to do with being filipino so oh, it, it, okay you guys you, inspired me like i was like listen, I'm going, come on oh. again. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's oh gonna gosh. do yeah, no, that, that'll be for another seven years, though, too. Okay, okay. I'm here for it. I'm Please here make for my it. character funny. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I try. I and try. self-deprecating. There you go, there you go. <laughs> I know, we're just like, she's she's the she's the piglet to my poo. There you go. <laughs> I am. Thank you um, so much. Thank you, Jessica, for coming. Thank you. Um, um, those of you that are following along with our book club um, uh, um, go ahead and start reading it it's the patron saints of nothing by Randy Ribay or Ribay I don't know how to say his name R-I-B-A-Y and if you want to come on and be a guest reviewer and talk story with us like we just did with Justin 
please let us know. We would love to have a third uh, person talk about this. We dare you. Yeah, we dare you to come on (laughs) and be a coconut head. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Coconut Connection. I'm Jade. And I'm G. Until next time, try smize. No stink eye. Stay woke, not broke. Peace.